Welcome to Rise Up For You, a podcast focused on helping women get to the next step in life professionally and personally. Through our six pillars, relationships, investing, self-worth, career, love, and health, we focus on the whole woman. With interviews from global experts, teachers, authors, and more, we provide you with real strategy and tips that you can start implementing today in your career, relationships, and so much more. We are all about educating and empowering you to become your best self. And now your host, Natalina. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. As you heard, I am your host, Natalina. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an incredible episode and a great conversation coming your way. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Sean Smith. Sean has built a thriving coaching company in the top 1% of the personal development industry. He has produced well over 1,000 articles, audios, and videos on nearly every topic related to success and fulfillment. He's spoken all over the globe. He's appeared on every major TV network, and he has co-created with personal development legends Jack Canfield and Lisa Nichols. And on top of that, in 2013, he was named North America's Next Greatest Speaker. He is here with me today, and we're going to be talking about the difference between the masculine and the feminine energy, what that really means, and how important that is today, especially in society with everything that's going on. We really do a deep dive conversation in 25 minutes, can you believe it? But it's definitely a conversation that you want to be a part of, that you want to hear and you want to share. With everything that's going on right now in today's society, it's time that we bridge the gap as women. And it's time that we include men in this conversation so that we can all get to the next level and empower ourselves while empowering others. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode with Sean Smith. Sean, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's such an honor and pleasure to have you on the show. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. It's going to have a lot of fun. I always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guests. So go ahead and tell us about yourself and all the great work that you're doing in your own words. Yeah, sure. I've been in the personal development world for about 13 years. I had a tremendously transformational experience at a Jack Canfield event many, many years ago. And at the time, yeah, I didn't really want to be a speaker or a coach or any of that. I was just trying to figure out how I can honestly just make money and be successful in business. And what I felt in that room and what I saw Jack do with a lot of the people in the crowd, it just touched me in a way that I had never been touched before. And I saw the possibility of just a whole different way of being. And I was hooked. I was addicted. So I've been doing this work pretty much ever since. I've got a a family. I have a 13-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter and a 20-year marriage, which I'm just incredibly blessed and excited about. And I'm really committed to helping people just be happier in life. I think we spend a lot of time focusing on material things or tangible things, you know, our weights or our money or our success. And my experience is that that doesn't produce happiness. And so I really have learned that we need to be happy and fulfilled first, be present in this life, and then we can go after some of the material things and have it actually last. So tell us a little bit more about the journey about getting to where you are. I know you said that you you went to the conference and you felt inspired, but 
um, you know, how, how else led you, I mean, what led you to the conference and what was it about the, the event that really pushed you in this direction that resonated with you so much? What led me to that original conference was that I wasn't getting what I want in life. I wasn't experiencing what I want in life. And so when I heard Jack make his pitch, I was on a teleseminar. My initial response was, I don't do things like that. I'm highly introverted. I don't like going and meeting people that I don't know. But I had this little voice inside me that said, yeah, but you also don't have what you want in life. And so maybe it's because you don't do things like this, that you don't have what you want. So that was actually what got me there. And I said yes immediately and told my wife later. And I showed up in a room full of hundreds of people that I didn't know. The specific exercise that really turned me inside out was a purpose exercise. And when I did the purpose work and I realized that I've been sitting on these these dreams that I have and these sort of hidden goals that I have to be uh, a contributor in, in a way that I had never contributed to society and really help kids at the time I was focused on helping kids. I asked myself this question, how many kids out there have not been helped? They're doing drugs, they're in gangs, they're lost because you're afraid to take action. And Netta, that question I mean, it didn't physically drop me to my knees in the moment, but it spiritually dropped me to my knees. And I just, it was such a a gut-wrenching question because I didn't like the answer to it. And that's what really took me down into this deep-rooted passion that I have. And it was just no longer okay for me to allow my own personal fears to get in the way of the people I can help. Mm. And shortly after that, I did an event for athletes, but there were a lot of women that sell Mary Kay that showed up to the event, which is a whole nother podcast in itself. Um, And so I was drawn to this world of Mary Kay. And so I've actually spent well over 10 years, about 12 years now, in the Mary Kay world, primarily coaching women. Wow. It's in no way what I thought I would be doing. And I know that part of my divine appointment to get into that world is to understand women, to understand my own femininity, and ultimately to heal my relationship with my mom, which I was able to do before she passed away. So I was just kind of pulled into this space, and I've loved every moment of it. Um, And so I've really gotten to study the female mind and the female entrepreneurial mind, and in that capacity, I've gotten to to take a look at just so much of the dynamics of self-esteem and confidence and what creates the lack of esteem or confidence specifically in women and what causes them to really hold back or beat themselves up. And so that's the journey I've been on for over a decade. So let's talk about this because you, um, you went in to an interesting direction, which I think is, I mean, I didn't know that about you with Mary Kay, which is great. Um, And as you know, we're you know, we're in a society right now where the climate is very heavy. I mean, there's a lot of emotion that's going on in regards to women, women's empowerment, um, you know, everything that's going on in society. Hashtag me too. Hashtag see her campaign. Um, 
And I'd like to dive into a little bit about, you know, the differences that, that, that are very accurate, that yes, there, there is a difference in cognitively how women think, how they see themselves, how they show up, uh, some of the struggles that they have um, within themselves, perfectionist mindset, self-esteem, um, which um, eventually leads to being confident. There is a difference between men and women and um you know, part of the reason why this company was built or the reason why this company was built was to empower women to take their power back professionally and personally so that they can really show up and make the difference that they want in, in this world, to be the leaders that they want, to be the mothers that they want to be, you know, to to be the professionals and, and the dreamers that they, that they want to be. And we can only do that when we're our best selves. And that seems to be one of the largest components of getting in our way is not being able to move past some of our beliefs, not being able to move past some of the things that are sabotaging us on a daily basis. So... I, Go ahead. I know I could feel a thought. I could feel a thought coming on. So, <laughs> um, plenty of them. Yeah, and obviously you've built an entire company around this, so it's uh, you know somewhat challenging to talk about it in any less than seven straight days, I'd say. But there's to me, it it really comes down to, and and I think I can provide somewhat of a of a valuable perspective because I'm a man. And so when we take the look outside of the current container we're in, sometimes we just have slightly different perspectives. And I don't mean to say that with any, you know, kind of ego. Um, but what I've learned is that there are so many differences. Most of the differences in my opinion are programmed differences. Yes. It's what women are supposed to do. Some of that is given to women by women. Some of that is given to women by men. And a lot of that is just interpersonal. We all grow up with our own beliefs of what we, who we are, how valuable we are, et cetera. Uh, so I think the differences between men and women are mostly in the energetic programming. And so when I say energetic, I'm talking about masculine, feminine energies. And then there's how do we fit in? Right? Mm. So a lot of women, I think, and, and it, again, and this is not, I'm going to make somewhat of a blunt statement and I don't mean it to sound disrespectful at all, but a lot of women are trying to fit into the masculine society by being more masculine. And that actually takes away from your uniqueness as a woman, right? The masculine society doesn't need more masculine anything. It needs more pure feminine energy, both from women and from men. And so I think it's a mistake when we try to change ourselves in any way, whether we're talking about women or men or skill set or in the context of relationships or success or anything. We make a mistake when we try to change ourselves to fit into whatever we think the puzzle needs instead of really being fully authentically expressed as ourselves. And when that happens, there's a different energy that comes from a woman who's fully expressed and a man who's fully expressed in so many different ways. But women have a power that is so much more deeply rooted than a man's power. And again, this is more masculine, feminine talk, but primarily it shows up in female and men and male bodies. But the feminine power is so rooted in creation the, you know, the, the female body creates life and nurtures life. And there's a different level of depth to female power 
than male power. And the masculine power is usually more shallow and based on force or threats or control. Whereas the feminine power is just based on the mother, you know, it's based on creation and such deep roots that when you add the, that creative kind of power to almost any situation, you're going to increase the connection in all ways. And it's so beautiful to watch a woman go into herself and become a fully expressed version of herself. And when I see that, I mean, I, it's like a seismic event. You know, I can feel the energy almost in the earth, you know, I can, but I can feel it coming off of her body and, and just from her soul. And I think women are, I would say afraid, but not consciously afraid. And it's not an intentional choice that I'm not going to do it. I think society is afraid of that. Mm. I think especially the masculine forces in society are incredibly afraid of that because uh, it's intimidating. And at the same time, though, that's what's necessary, both for the masculine force and for the feminine presence. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I know. I think I got a little woo woo there, maybe, but uh, but at the depths, I mean, this is a really, really powerful conversation. Yeah, and no, I know, and I think that. Um, you know, and I think that you're right. And well, one of the things is, is that for so long, you know, we're talking 50, 60, 75 years ago, even before that, for so long, women, um, they did have to step into a more masculine zone to get women's rights, right? Voting rights, yeah. women's equality. And, and there was a time where we really needed to make a shift professionally, you know, and we, we needed to make a statement in the workforce, right? We needed to, uh, we felt, I believe as, as a gender that, you know, we needed to prove ourselves that we could be great in the workforce and we could, um, do, you know, just as good as, as our opposite gender, you know, running a a company or a corporation. And I think that required us to, you know, wear that masculine energy, um, where I think we're, I think where we're, um, having trouble today is now finding that balance and now coming back to the midpoint where we're able to tap uh, tap into the feminine and the masculine. And I think that that could be one of the struggles even today talking to many of the women that are in my network is we're now in a society where we're so professionally driven. But when we look at the statistics, Sean, um, even though we're more professionally driven and we're holding more, you know, seats in the boardroom, we're running companies, we're doing incredible work and innovation in STEM and technology, the happiness rate amongst women is actually on the decline over the past 30 years. And the suicide rate amongst women has actually increased by 40% since 2016 between women that are 40 to 65 years old. Okay, that's a, that's a massive statistic. And we're and I and I believe that we're finding that yes, we have now done a full pendulum swing of being able to really establish ourselves professionally, but we haven't yet found that nurturing or that balance of also taking care of ourselves, you know, reconnecting with the nurturing side of us, you know, taking care of the family, all of the things that are also ingrained in us chemically that are just part of the woman. We have lost a little, we've lost the balance in that and we I believe we're having trouble really trying to bridge the gap there. That is so 
powerful and profound what you just talked about. I, I hadn't heard those stats of how how things are shifting over the last 30 years and the suicide uh, rates going up. But what makes a lot of sense to me is especially the last thing you said, um, you know, well, let me back up a sec. Business is inherently masculine. Mm. Anything that we do to go outward and go get something is a masculine energy. And so because business is inherently masculine, I think a lot of women sort of become that masculine channel. And especially if you try to follow the rules that have pretty much always been there, you know, you, like you said, it's, it's just, I mean, it, it's crazy to think only 60, 70 years ago, you know, less than a century ago, there was unchallenged separation and oppression of women, right? You can't vote, you can't do certain things in, in, uh, in business, and you just have a place. And those roots are so deep. And so the rules of masculine society, business included, have all been driven by that masculine channel. And so I think what's happening to support what the, the, um, the statistics you just said is that a lot of women are actually leaving their feminine nature mm. and moving into the masculine nature in order to perform some of those roles. And it doesn't have to be an either or. What I think is the answer is for women to redefine what business really is from a masculine place. There can be a very powerful presence, business presence from the feminine energy, but it doesn't look the same as business from the masculine energy. Yes. Now, the, mas the masculine isn't just going to yield, right? The masculine is like, hey, we've been in charge of this thing for thousands of years. We're not just going to yield. And some of the masculine energy that does want to yield doesn't know what this new thing looks like. So not all of the masculine force out there is intimidated and unyielding, but both sides are kind of like, we don't really know what this looks like, right? Absolutely. And so I think if we if we attach the the idea of business and it becomes more feminine in nature, nurturing, as you said, taking care, you know, at the core of the feminine energy, that's what the deepest value is. It's nurturing and taking care of. So if we can bring the feminine energy into business instead of leaving it in order to change into the masculine business role then I think you would have less women who actually feel like they've abandoned themselves mm. in order to succeed. And I think, you know, just this is off the cuff thoughts of mine based on those statistics that you said, I think that's a contributing factor to women feeling like maybe there's not a whole lot of hope. You know, they, they go into this business uh, environment, succeed, but don't feel presence or don't feel happy yes and it's in no way am i you know indicting women it's not a conscious choice but it's new territory and i do believe that it would completely change society for women to instead of leaving that energetic role bringing it with them but changing the game absolutely and i want to clarify because as you were talking i've obviously i had a few thoughts that 
you know, masculine and feminine, we're not necessarily talking about male, female, but the energy. And, and I also believe that the same conversation, um, needs to be had with our opposite counterpart with the male gender is knowing when to tap into the feminine as a male, because we could definitely, because I also think that men are having, are struggling because of the society norms and because of the programming that men have been taught. Yes, they're masculine professionally, but I also think that the conversation of where to tap into your feminine energy personally, right? When you're in a relationship with you, when you're with your kids is also a conversation that, that is ready to be had. It's a, a much, so I agree with, ev- with everything you said. And it's a, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to compare the two in terms of which is more needed or whatever, but there, but there's differences for sure. And for men, I think the difference, as I'm just thinking about it now, is that for men to develop their feminine energy to the masculine, that feels like it's being asked to become weak. Yes. To the feminine, I think it, and this is society programming, this is not the actual feminine energy itself, but society's programming, I think to develop more of your masculine feels like you're becoming strong. And I think it's just because of our programming of what strong and weak is. I think the word that trumps all of all of this is vulnerable. You know, strong, weak is an assessment based on competition and control and separation. Vulnerable is just pure. And so for men to tap into their vulnerable masculinity that's a force, like I was saying with the women, with, with the feminine energy, that's a force that for the most part is not seen or felt in society because it's so scary to men. It mm. feels like weakness. You know, mm. just the word vulnerability means somebody's going to attack me. Somebody's going to take control over me. Absolutely. But your point is, is, is absolutely right on. I think the feminine energy, the bottom line is the feminine and masculine energies are they need each other, you know, one without the other is infinitely less powerful. And we have what I believe is some misunderstanding in our society programming about what masculine is and what feminine is. And the answer at a very macro high level is vulnerable vulnerability in both of those energies. When the vulnerable masculine dances with the vulnerable feminine, it shakes the earth in such a profound, powerful way. Yeah. And we don't see it very often in society. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, um, it's a, it's a very interesting and deep conversation that, um, I think we're starting to touch on and we're getting there, you know, again, with everything that's happening in society and, um, it's it's come to a head, or at least it feels like it's come to a head. And, and I'm hoping that we can begin to have that conversation together and, and really find that balance for one another. Sean, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I would love to jump into the power section of the interview and start by asking you, you know, is there one book that's had a, a great impact on your life that, that you think we should definitely be reading and, and take a look at? There's... Oh. Such a good question. Um, I'll just fall back on the first book for me, even though it's been a long time since I read it. And that was The uh, Failing Forward by John Maxwell. It changed the way I look at 
the idea of, uh, of failure. And it's just such a complete mind shift that we all need to be successful. And what's one value that you've constantly stuck by your whole life? Something that's a non-negotiable for you. Ooh, the whole life part that kind of adds a little bit to it. I have such an extreme value on uniqueness. I want to be, I want to stand out. I don't want people to know what I'm going to do, which isn't always, you know, positive. Um, but it's helped me achieve a lot that I probably wouldn't have otherwise achieved just kind of going against the grain and being my own person. Hmm. And if you can leave the world with one final message here at Rise Up For You, we call it the golden nugget. What would your golden nugget be? I will leave you with the words that my father left me with. These were his final words to me uh, before he passed. I asked him, how can I live his legacy when he's gone? And he said, Shani, be who you can be, do what you can do, and live a good life. Hmm. And lastly, as you know, we're the company Rise Up For You. What comes to mind when you hear that phrase, Rise Up For You? I feel like it's a, it's a journey of unbecoming. It's, it's not a journey of becoming somebody that you're not. It's a journey of rising up from within. Mm. And I think as we turn into ourselves, that's where the courage is. That's where the power is. That's where the bravery is. That's where all the traits are that most of us are trying to get from external input. Yeah. When I think of rise up for you, I think of just this shedding of the layers of protection and skin that we've all put on. And I just envision Um, this female body expanding both vertically and horizontally and energetically in a very warm, inviting way, not intimidating or or fear-inducing in any way. I really like that. I I, I just envisioned like men and women like shedding their outside costume you know the outside skin all the beliefs and and things that you know we've developed along the way that aren't serving us and just like getting back to the core and rising through all of that oh so great sean that's where the connection is (laughs) yeah all those things and and we really truly are connected at such a deep core absolutely sean it's been such an honor and a wonderful conversation with you today how do we stay connected and and how do we um, learn more about you and all the great work that you're doing. Yeah, this has been a blast, Netta. Thank you so much for the invitation. Everywhere on social media, I am Coach Sean Smith. So my website, CoachSeanSmith.com, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere is Coach Sean Smith. And I'd love to hear from people that have thoughts about this or more thoughts inside this conversation. Uh, Because as you said, this is a time where we are being called forward through disruption, but we are called being called forward to create connection Mm. in a way that's never really been required. I don't think in society before at at the macro level that the disruption is happening and we do need more people to rise up and connect and heal and love. Absolutely. Thank you again, Sean, for joining us today. Thanks, Netta. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and pass it on to your friends and family. 
You know, the podcast is just one way that we reach our community members. If you go to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you will see articles written from contributors from around the world, webinars, live events for you to attend. But, you know, we also have a huge online resource center full of information that you can access absolutely free. And you know, one of my favorite sections is the Unstoppable Confidence Toolbox that's full of practices and ways to help you build confidence so that you can overcome any doubt that's consistently getting in your way. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, there's PDFs, there's articles, there's exercises, there's so much for you to take hold of and really help you get to the next step. The cool thing is, is we have programs, trainings, and live coaching calls that are happening all year long, special for our members. So if you're looking for more and you really want to connect with like-minded women like yourself, then you definitely want to check out our membership and all of the benefits that we have to offer here at Rise Up For You. And lastly, if you haven't already, we would really love to hear from you and know how we're doing. Head over to iTunes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and let us know how we're doing. Rate us, review us, so that we can be better and rise up with you. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow.